0: Before we start this week, I just want to share a new review that we got. Thanks so much for listening and for rating and reviewing the podcast. I'm having a great time. I hope you are too. This is from JLo's wife. She says, life-altering. I've been listening to Ken and his guest stars, and it has helped me alter my life in wonderful ways. I appreciate the way it makes me stop and consider my life or my perspective of gospel living and truly ponder truth. And Ken seems like an okay guy. Well, I'll tell you, I am an okay guy. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this week's conversation. And we are back with, this time,
1: Carissa. It's with Carissa. Again.
0: She is getting ready to leave to go back to school, and here we are, talking to her about stuff. We actually started recording this. (laughs) Was it last week? Two, Two weeks, weeks ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. And got interrupted and we never got back to it. So here we are mm-hmm. in the <laughs> last minute, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Try to get something uh, put together. So there's a question that you asked me. And mm. so I want to see if you remember the question that you asked me. What is the question that you asked me?
1: So I asked you about um when... Well, so just as, as anyone, we sometimes have thoughts or we have feelings and sometimes they're not the most productive thoughts or feelings. And so I was wondering when you need to just accept the feelings that you have or when you need to change those or change your thoughts to make them better or more productive.
0: Okay. Do you have an example?
1: So, for example... (laughs) Um, we were talking about this one today. If I say that I am a procrastinator, I is that something that I need to just accept and learn how to work around, or is that something that I need to change that thought about myself?
0: Okay, it's a good question. Um, I have an answer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know if that's the if the that is the whole. I don't know if the, the answer is going to be complete. Meaning, right. I don't know if there are going to be other situations that that we might tackle differently. Mm -hmm. So the the answer to that is, uh, we were talking at breakfast this morning, having a great uh, (laughs) breakfast with Whitney. And we talked about, I I use procrastination as an example, that um, a lot of times when we have a thought, Mm -hmm. especially as it relates to us, if I have a thought about myself, especially if it's a negative thought, I'm a procrastinator, or I'm just not very spiritual, or I'm not a very kind person, or whatever. Those are thoughts that are, there's, they're not true. One of the things that is difficult about having, about distinguishing between thoughts mm-hmm. and reality is that our thoughts feel so real.
1: Right, they do.
0: And it makes it really easy for us to believe them. Yeah. And if I have a thought that I'm, I'm a procrastinator, mm-hmm. then I will, it feels true. And so I wanna believe it. And then I will find evidence to prove, and I'm using proven air quotes, right. to prove that that thought is true or that is factual. So as an example, I was asked to help find a handful of people, five or six men to help with a Relief Society activity that we had in our stake a few weeks ago. And my responsibility, Only was to get the volunteers, we were going to help serve food, we were going to serve lunch, and I went about two weeks before I acted on that. Mm -hmm. So that could have been evidence in my thought process that I just, I procrastinate, or I'm a procrastinator. Right. On the other hand, if I decide that that's not a thought that serves me well, if I want to have a different thought about myself, that I take action when I Mm -hmm. need to, I can think about... When I sat down, I made a list of all the people in the ward that I thought would be a good um, a good candidate, somebody who I could reach out to. By their participation, it wouldn't prevent their wife from participating in, this, in the stake activity. And young women were involved as well. So I wanted to make sure that that I was taking that into consideration. And so this was two weeks before. Mm-hmm. I made my list, I shot out some text messages, by the end of 2 or 3 days from the time I started that, I had all my volunteers. Yeah. And so I could use that instead. It's the exact same situation. Right. I could use that same that same event or that series of events to pr- to prove to myself, no, you're not a procrastinator. Right. So, going back to your question about when is a thought something you should just accept? Mm-hmm. And when is a thought something that you should change? Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, based I, on what we talked about today, based on what we've, uh, yeah, what what other ideas do you have, or what? How does that change, or do, how does that uh, affect the question that you're that is in your head?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of what we talked about today, and um, and the example that you shared have helped me. Just to kind of realize that a lot of the thoughts that we have, we are able to change. We have control over our thoughts a lot more than we think that we do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of like what you said, if if a thought isn't serving you well, then it's something that you can you can work on. And sometimes that's easy, and sometimes that's it. It's a process. Um, but I do think that it is something that we. Are able to have that control over, or able to to kind of create a more more of a balance in our life. Um, something that I was thinking about as as I was like pondering this question was um, kind of on that same page where you can change your thoughts, but you can also change some of the feelings that we have sometimes. Um, for an example, maybe a a thought. Or a feeling is, I don't like this person. Okay. I don't like them. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a roommate. Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe It could be anyone. Mm -hmm. If you think, I don't like this person, that kind of creates this negative tension (laughs) towards them. Right. And a couple years ago, one of my roommates, I just, we were best friends and like we got along really well. And something happened where I became mad at her and, which is Usually I don't get mad at people. Uh-huh. And I usually don't hold grudges. And so this was really weird for me and it was really uncomfortable and I didn't like it and I didn't know what to do because I just felt so distant from her all of a sudden and I didn't know what to do about That's it. New territory. Right. And so but it's it's kind of like you said you are able to change those those thoughts you're able to change those feelings by your thinking process. I changed instead of, oh, she did this because she doesn't like me anymore or she's treating me this way because she's not paying attention to me more into maybe she's distracted with work and school and family and things like that. And I stopped acting distant when I was around her. I started acting as if nothing had changed. Uh And within like not even a day, it was back to what I would say was like normal. And, and I think that can happen. Maybe that can happen with anyone. Maybe not to that extent. Cause I don't think just because you don't like somebody or you get along with somebody doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with them. Right. But I think sometimes we can change instead of, I don't like this person. You can change it to, I don't like when this person does this. Okay. Or I don't appreciate, This or this, if you, instead of targeting a person themselves, you can target maybe something else that you don't have to associate as not associate. That's probably not the right word, but it creates, it lessens that tension between you and this other person. Maybe it's a coworker. You have to work with them still, Mm -hmm. even if you don't like them. And so if you can kind of not associate you're just like with the whole person themselves okay. and maybe more with a specific thing. I don't know if that makes so you're, sense.
0: you're saying that instead of saying, I don't like this person, right? Um, maybe you can narrow it down and say, I don't like when this person says this, or I don't right. like when this person does that. Is right. that what you mean?
1: Yeah. And so it kind of goes along a little bit with what we were talking about the other day too, about how, when people say like, Love the sinner, but hate the sin.
0: Yes. That's going to be an upcoming episode. By
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not necessarily that you're hating the sin, but it's you're disassoci- disassociating the sin from the sinner. Okay. If that makes sense. So that you can accept the person as they are because you can't force anybody to change.
0: Correct. But you, y- you can live under the illusion that right. you can, but really you can't.
1: Right. You only have that control over yourself. Right and so that, that was maybe a
0: very small human <laughs> yeah <laughs> a very new human so uh, a couple things that you that you mentioned brought up some thoughts for me mm-hmm. number 1 i learned something a few years ago i was a lot of years old before i figured this out <laughs> but one of the things that i learned is that w- the way i approach an interaction with somebody mm-hmm. can influence how they experience that interaction right and i want to be really careful because i can't make them happy or sad i can't make somebody like me or hate me that just that is all on them right but if i am aggressive then i may create an environment where they have a less positive or they may have a negative or a frustrating. Or a difficult, or a whatever you choose your adjective. Yeah, experience with the interaction. If I'm uh, sarcastic, mm-hmm. same thing. If I'm uh, enthusiastic, yeah, I, I can shape that experience. And one of the things that I learned is that that my opinions about somebody mm-hmm. could easily shape that interaction. Yeah, meaning that if I have a positive opinion about somebody, then I would approach that um, that interaction in a positive way. And so then they their experience walking away from that is much more positive than if I have a bad attitude about that person. Right. Now, I'm super not perfect. <laughs> and I have plenty of bad attitudes about plenty of things. Oh, And sometimes yes. <laughs> that bleeds into plenty of people. Right. But I became aware at one point that my bad attitude isn't their fault it's that's my issue right and so it is unkind of me and i would like to be a kind person mm-hmm. so it's unkind of me to create an environment or or to shape an interaction in a way that that gives the other person a negative feeling because of the way I, that i approach it right. so uh, does that make sense
1: yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense And I've seen that sometimes, too, when I've seen you interacting with people or um, meeting new people. And you are able to not—it's not even that you try and, like, put on a a face or you are trying to be more positive than you really are. It's just that you're trying to help the other person have a good experience
0: Mm -hmm. and— yeah, and I think yeah. about just, it could be simple things. It could be, as we sit down to have a conversation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what am I doing? Am I making eye contact? Am I acting interested? Am I um, checking my Instagram feed, which I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing on Instagram sometimes, so uh, I'm trying to figure that out too. And it's it could be little things like that. Right. And if you think about the times that you've interacted with somebody and they're, they seem distracted, they're on their phone or whatever, then... Um, I've had <laughs> i had times where I'm so frustrated with that kind of response. That yeah, I just finish whatever I'm saying by saying, and that's the end of my story. Yeah, which then sometimes will get the person's attention. And they'll say, No, 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 I'm I'm listening. Okay, mm-hmm. no, you're really not. But <laughs> and maybe they are, but but the experience that I have is that they're not listening. They're not paying attention, which means to me, right? Maybe that um, I'm not that important to you, or that you're. Uh, more interest, whatever's happening on your phone is more, more important than, than whatever I'm bringing to the conversation. Yeah. So, um, it's, it takes a lot of energy Mm -hmm. to, to bring that. But the, I have a goal and I, I, (laughs) I don't know if I should mention (laughs) this because then people who know me are going to try and call me out on this or try and catch me. Right. But, um, I have people that I work with that, um, And I won't specify what group I'm talking about, but I have people that I work with (laughs) that I work with. Some of them I really like, I really enjoy interacting with them. Some of them, not so much. Mm -hmm. My goal is I don't want anybody who's on that. Not so much end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. to have any idea that they're on that. Not so much spectrum because for a couple of reasons, number one, it's not their fault that I have a bad attitude. That's that's 100% on me. Number two, at some point, I may need something from them. I may need help or support. I may need a favor, whatever it might be. Right. It is super easier <laughs> to, <laughs> to be willing to help somebody out if you have that that good experience. Yeah. And there may be more reasons too, but that's what I came up with right now. Yeah.
1: One thing that I, I loved about my mission president and his wife is every time that you saw them, at least for me, this is what I felt like. And I s- saw it when they interacted with other sisters as well as every time I went up to, to sister Fisher, I, she just looked so excited to see me. Mm-hmm. She looked genuinely happy that I was in her presence.
0: And if that was an act, mm-hmm. did that change how you feel? No. So your experience with her was was very uh, positive. Whether or not her behavior right. was genuine, yeah, it gave you a, a positive experience. So that that's kind of what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, giving people good experiences as they're interacting with me, anyways. <laughs> um. So. I said that there was there were a couple of things that came to my mind. I can't remember what the other one was. It'll come to me eventually, okay. probably, yeah. as we continue talking. So I want to find out, is there anything else that, that you're thinking of with this original question about having a thought, is it something I need to change, or is it something that I should um, just accept about myself? Now, so far, we've only mm-hmm. talked about thoughts about ourselves, or uh, I guess to some degree, we've talked about thoughts about other people as well. Yeah. So what else?
1: Um, Something that to kind of go along more with things that maybe we just need to accept is guilt. I think that oftentimes, at least I do, sometimes I'll think something or I'll feel something and I feel guilty because of that. But I think oftentimes we don't, we put unnecessary guilt on ourselves. Okay. And that was something that was really hard for me to learn a lot. Maybe it's whether maybe you did something bad okay and you feel guilty that you've done it even if let's say you've repented of it but mm-hmm. you still you still feel that guilt that i think is something that you need to accept you okay. need to accept that that's how you feel and be able to move on past it
0: okay meaning you you need to accept that i'm i'm just going to feel guilty about this
1: i don't think you need to accept guilt i think you need to move past guilt accept okay. that whether it's you're accepting like, okay, this is something that I did, uh-huh. but I can learn from it. I can grow from this. If I look at where I've been and how I have grown, uh-huh. maybe that's something you need to get over. Or if you have a thought like, I just honestly don't think that this relationship or this friendship will work out. That nece- That isn't necessarily a bad thought. True. But maybe you feel guilty or you feel pressure because of that.
0: Okay. So, are you talking about in a, in in the the case of this relationship, mm-hmm. um, feeling bad or feeling guilty? Is that a result of where the it, things could have gone, or is it a result of of how it might impact the other person involved? That, meaning, if if I tell you that we're not friends anymore, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about you because I would never say that to right. you. <laughs> As my second favorite novel, <laughs> but there's I think a lot of times when we when we're going to have some of those difficult conversations, mm-hmm. there's a thought that that we uh, we really internalize how is how is the other person going to accept this? What kind of right uh, there there are people who will maybe threaten mm-hmm. that I'm going to do something rash if you whatever right and so is that kind of what you're talking about
1: yeah something along those lines yeah where and i think for for me maybe that guilt would stem from i feel like i'm hurting this other person because of how i feel okay but that doesn't change how i feel and so that difference between how i think i should feel or Mm -hmm. how i think i should make myself feel and how i honestly do feel that difference i feel like creates a lot of guilt whether that's because you'll cause pain or hurt to another person or on un- that uncomfortableness of having to say something like that or any of those things.
0: So I think you you bring up a couple of of good points. number one, you um, I think I think it's compassionate to consider other people's feelings right as you're doing something or thinking about saying something or or thinking about making a a change in a relationship like that i think that's compassionate mm-hmm. but also um we talked a couple of months ago with Cindy i think she said it on the podcast when we talked about boundaries yeah that she was owning other people's feelings right and she was taking ownership of how they were going to respond to things and so i think there's there's a, a line there that there's i think it's great to be compassionate and kind but on the other hand we're not responsible for their behavior their actions
1: right and so like for maybe more of a concrete example if let's say someone comes to you and says that they like you they have a crush on you and you don't reciprocate those feelings Uh and like that that could be hurtful right and so you might feel guilty. About that, or you might feel bad for them. And so maybe I do like them and I just don't know them yet. Or, but if, for instance, you say you try and like just get to know them better, and after a while, you just don't think that it'll work. It's not clicking. There's nothing more concrete there. That, I don't know. For me, that would be kind of a stressful situation where I would feel bad because my. Level of feelings wouldn't match up with their level of feelings, or okay. something like that. And I don't think that's necessarily something that we have to feel guilty for. Okay, that's something that I feel we have to accept that. Yes, this could be hurtful to them. So yes, you should be kind and compassionate mm-hmm. about it. But I also don't think that we have to hurt ourselves over something like that.
0: And and there's also something to be said for being for being kind and compassionate to yourself, but also right um and i think as far as that goes if somebody is so i was talking to a friend the other day who Mm -hmm. said that he was had a he had a friend female friend yeah who expressed that she has uh deeper feelings and wants things to progress beyond where he's um comfortable and so um i think there's i think it's important for him to be compassionate to her in how he expresses that I'm, I'm not really interested right but also to himself because if he allows things to progress beyond where he's where he his feelings lie right then that's then he, <laughs> that's not kind for himself right and There's, it's
1: not kind to of the other person either because it's right. to a certain level kind of lying or masking mm-hmm. yourself
0: that's true so back on the 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 comment that you had about guilt Mm-hmm. that sometimes um, I know I've done this where I will beat myself up about a decision that I made, yeah. that something that I did or didn't do. And for months, years, even mm-hmm. um, I'll just live in this, in this state of regret that oh, I shouldn't have done that, or I should have, should have taken that risk or I should have said this, or I shouldn't have done that. Right. And so when it comes to having a thought about something like that, um, I think about the way the atonement, work, atonement works, and I have no idea how the atonement works. <laughs> right. But you know, once you've done something, you can't undo it. No, right. And uh, there's a phrase that, that we hear about the in the Adam and Eve story, mm-hmm. that Adam and Eve in this new paradise garden area are going to learn from their own experience. Yeah. And that experience sometimes is making the right choice, and sometimes that experience is making the wrong choice. Yeah. And I think the purpose of making, I think there is purpose in making the wrong choice. Right. Um, I don't think the atonement was a backup plan. I think the atonement was the plan. Right. So at what point, so maybe the question that I would ask back to you is when You've done something that is not right. Mm-hmm. Something that requires the, the atonement. It could be something small, like you said something or thought something unkind. It could be something yeah. much larger. But at what point do you, do you stop beating yourself up about that? Because once the event has happened, it cannot be changed. Right. It, you might be able to fix the outcome, but you can't undo what's been done. Right. So... There's your question.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I think that's. A, I think it's a really good question. I also have this problem sometimes where I'll beat myself up about anything. Any. It could be big. It could be small. Um, on my mission, I noticed it a lot when I felt like, as a missionary, I needed to be strictly obedient. I needed to be as obedient as I possibly could be. And one of those rules is getting up at six thirty every morning, and that is something that is hard. Yeah. It
0: well, I'm is. with
1: you. Oh, uh, yeah. It's always been hard. It's always been a struggle. Uh, I work
0: nights, so I don't have to get up at 6.30. <laughs> I'm just still up at
1: 6.30. Right. You know how I was when I had to go to seminary in the mornings. Yes. You bought me a watch that would shock my arm, so it would wake best. me up, and it still didn't work. I'd wake up and my arm was numb because it was going off multiple times before yeah. I woke up. Um, And I, I was a district leader at one point in my mission, and so I felt even more... Not necessarily pressure, but I felt that to as a leader, I needed to be an example.
0: Right. And I'll just explain quickly that since in most missions, sisters yes. are not district leaders, you served?
1: I served at Temple Square. Yay! And <laughs> how many elders
0: are on uh, Temple Square's mission?
1: Um, there were a total of maybe five elders and because they were. <laughs> they were over the age of 65. Yes. Um, couples. <laughs> they were senior couples. Um
0: so all the all the leadership positions are filled by sisters. The assistants yeah. to the president are sisters. The zone leaders are sisters. Of course, you have. Did you have sister training leaders as well? Nope. So you just had district leaders we and zone leaders and leaders. assistants. Yeah. Which is such a great experience. Yeah. For uh, for a missionary.
1: It was it was amazing, and it was so amazing to serve as a district leader. Just because you could, I got to know the sisters in my district really well, and I got to interact with them more, and be able to serve over them and to kind of learn what it is to have a responsibility over people, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes is a little weighty. But it's <laughs> it always good to to just be able to learn and experience things like that. Um, but I remember there were a couple transfers where I uh, it was so hard to get up. Uh-huh. My companion didn't like to get up. On time.
0: (laughs) That's even worse. And so bad.
1: we were roommates with our zone leaders, (laughs) which was probably also bad because they knew that we walked out of the room not at 6.30 in the morning. And it was hard to, I would get up and I'd get out of bed and we'd usually say prayers together at 6.30 and then I would lay down on the floor and fall back asleep Mm. almost every day. And on the days that that happened or if I slept in, Longer than I thought was acceptable. Not that it, taking naps in the morning was... You're supposed <laughs> to be exercising.
0: Morning morning naps are great.
1: Yes. Um, I would beat myself up all day. I'd be in a bad mood all day because I felt that I hadn't done my best. But then throughout the rest of the day, I couldn't do my best. I couldn't be my best because I was beating myself up about something that I can't change anymore.
0: Right.
1: I could no longer get up at 6 30 that morning
0: because that time's already passed
1: right and it took me till about the end of my mission to realize that that's not how I want to live my life that's not how I want to feel consistently I don't want to have to be beating myself up every morning just because i got up late uh-huh And therefore all day just be like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. But I can't, I can't even get up in the morning. If I can't even get up in the morning, what can I really do? Mm -hmm. And.
0: So it really sets you off on a, on a, a bad, uh, angle. Right. For the whole day.
1: And then if I would set a goal to be better at getting up in the morning and I couldn't keep that goal, then I wouldn't feel good about the other goals that I kept or had. Because if I can't even keep this goal about waking up in the morning, how can I keep this other goal of getting, finding new people to teach or talking to more people? And I don't think that that's necessarily how it should be. I think I was beating myself up about something that was more trivial than it needed to be. Yes, it is important to get up. But is that what's most important throughout the rest of your day? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I would. I would agree. I well, part of the reason I agree is because I struggle with the exact same problem. And on my mission, mm-hmm. our wake up time was seven a.m., oh, so I had an extra thirty minutes. That's like that didn't make it easier,
1: at least slightly better. <laughs> Not a lot,
0: was, but like I struggled a little every bit every single day. Mm-hmm. And then I came home, and after several years, I was called as a seminary teacher. We had early morning seminary, <laughs> and I struggled every single day, every single day to mm-hmm. get up early enough to get to seminary on time. I figured it out, and there was only one day that I overslept. It was the last day, <laughs> the last day that I taught. But so I think if we take your your initial question and kind of overlay this situation on it, mm-hmm. this is where I want to spend a few minutes. Um, how long should you be your How long should you beat yourself up for something that you can no longer change, or should you just accept the fact? And I'm using fact in air quotes, right? Except the fact that I'm just not an I'm just not a morning person, mm-hmm. and um, decide that that's that that's true. So, tell me your thoughts, and then I'll tell you my thoughts. Which <laughs> I don't even know that I have my thoughts yet.
1: I don't think that beating ourselves up is productive.
0: I agree, I think.
1: I think most of the time it's counterproductive because it puts us in a place where we aren't able to change. Okay. Or it makes it, it makes it harder to change. Okay. Um, Like I was kind of mentioning before, if I was beating myself up all day because I couldn't get up on time, I wasn't at my best the rest okay. of the day. And so beating myself up about this little thing wasn't productive because... It wasn't helping me throughout. It was making me worse throughout the rest of the day instead of allowing me to just. And it's, I'm not saying necessarily that we have to accept all of our flaws and not change. Uh But I think sometimes we have to allow them to just be until we are able to change them. If that makes sense. I can't change that. The fact that I woke up at 630 in the morning until The next morning at Uh 630 or when I'm preparing for bed and saying, this is the time that I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to bed early so that I can get up a little bit early. Mm -hmm. Things like that, that throughout the day when I'm doing other things, I, if I'm just consistently thinking about that one thing, it's not going to help me. So
0: a question that you may not be comfortable answering. Okay. And if you're not, that's fine. And I will answer (laughs) based on my experience. Not about you, but about me. Uh-huh. Did you ever, or have you ever had a situation where you started the day off on the wrong foot like that? that mm-hmm. oh, I missed whatever. I missed my morning scriptures or morning prayers or morning getting up on the at the right time. Right. Oh, I might as well. It doesn't even matter now. I might mm-hmm. as well skip the next thing or I might as well eat this pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream because mm-hmm. I've already screwed up for today. Have you ever done something that you knew you shouldn't do or not do something that you knew you should do? Because you already started off on the wrong foot. Oh, yeah. Okay. hundred percent. You don't have to tell examples, but
1: I was going to answer the exact
0: same way. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, well, I've already done this. I might as well do that. Like,
1: why does it even matter? It doesn't even matter. Right. And I think that's that's another way of beating ourselves up. Because absolutely. we know that, that that's going to happen. I was listening to a book the other day called This is Awkward. It's amazing, so good. I love the title. Um, it, it's a Christian pastor, pastor, not pasture. That's that's for milk. Yeah. <laughs> um, pastor who's who's writing this, and he's just sharing some of his experiences. And he was sp- some one thing that I loved about this book is he talked about some topics that are taboo. Most people don't talk about them, but he very openly discussed things like pornography, mm-hmm. and one thing that he wrote about why that's so addictive is because the way that a lot of times people who are addicted to pornography deal with the shame
0: mm-hmm. is, is, look at more is
1: to look at more pornography. Right.
0: I've already seen this picture, so it doesn't even matter now.
1: Right. So. And I think we can do that about things that are so small.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I forgot my, to read my scriptures for today. Why does it even matter if I pray? God doesn't even want to hear from me because I can't even remember my scriptures this morning, which is not or, true. Or
0: I ate that pineapple. <laughs>
1: <cake>. <laughs> Might as well eat another one. Sure. Um, now
0: that's too much for you. <laughs> but.
1: but it's so easy to get into that mindset because it justifies mm-hmm. what we have done, to, right. even if it's just to ourselves, even if we know it's wrong, even if whatever it is. And so I've... My question is, how do we balance, because guilt is good in uh-huh. that it teaches us that we need to change, there's growth that uh-huh. we need, but it's also bad when it gets us to a point that we are st- stuck and no
0: longer that can change. That we kind of give up.
1: Right. And so, so, how do we balance that point between, okay, I need to do something, and... Giving up or being overcome with guilt
0: mm-hmm. so a couple things that um i've heard I've heard stories uh Kurt Frankham talked about this on his uh leading saints podcast a while back and and I've heard this in other in other contexts as well, yeah, but think about it, it the way that he told about it it was his young daughter who was learning to walk mm-hmm. and uh, she fell, yeah, and he Encouraged her. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're doing great. Get up. Let's do it again. And you're going to fall a hundred more times, and it's going to be okay. And I think, what if our Father in Heaven, who loves us more than we can imagine, right, has that kind of attitude? That oh, you missed six thirty, but guess what? It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And there'll be another six thirty tomorrow, and you can try it again and do the best that you can. And I still love you. And it doesn't matter how late you sleep in. Mm -hmm. You're still one of my favorites. Yeah. And. What if we approached our mistakes that way that it's just a bump in the road? Right. And when we read in the scriptures that Christ has invited us to be therefore perfect. Mm-hmm. The word perfect. I love this in in Matthew where uh, perfect means complete. It doesn't yeah. mean without flaw. Right. And we're not complete yet. And we're not going to be complete in -hmm. this life. We need more time than what this life is going to offer. Right. And so if I miss reading my scriptures this week or this, uh, my prayers aren't quite as in-depth as I think they should be, or I'm five minutes late for church, or I was a little bit short with one of my kids or Mm -hmm. whatever it was, I cut somebody off or whatever. Yeah. I think that there may be lessons in there I think we can learn from those things yeah and what if our father in heaven is just cheering us on yeah you're doing great mm-hmm. there's a I, something that that we may explore at some point is the question what does it mean to be worthy yeah and I don't have I a great definition right now
1: I think that's a good question yeah
0: but um, one of the the hardest questions from my experience um, as I would, I was in the bishopric and would, would be involved in doing temple recommend interviews. One of the hardest questions for a lot of people to answer is, do you consider yourself worthy? And because I know all of my flaws, I know all of my dirty secrets. Mm-hmm. And it is so easy for me to think of those things that may, that I may think make me unworthy. I have unkind thoughts about people right. way too often. <laughs> um, I, there are a lot of things that I do right, but there's some things that I just, I haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if if I think about a father in heaven, who's, who's well, I think he sees the long game. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, I think a lot of times we see the short game. Yeah. I messed up in this way. I missed. I didn't hear my alarm. I had a situation. I think it was a week ago where my yeah. alarm was. I must have turned it off because <laughs> it's such a pain in the neck to turn it off. Anyways, mm-hmm. I don't know how I did it, but so I missed my. I missed my um, appointment that I had. But what if, what if our Father in Heaven is just encouraging us? Okay, you didn't make. You didn't make that one. But guess what? You're still. Right. Lovable. You're still good. Yeah. You're still One of the things that I hear on a on a pretty regular basis as people talk about their kids, even kids that are making bad choices. Mhm. Oh, she's such a good kid or he's such a good kid. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times our choices aren't indicative of of who we are or how we are. It's just sometimes we make bad choices.
1: Yeah. It's part of life. <laughs>
0: so did we answer your question
1: i think we at least addressed different parts of it so i think we've we've got a good couple things in there and i just love i love something that i love about the atonement that was hard for me to learn is there's no it might sound weird when i say this there's no second chances and i say that because there's way more than a second chance There's an infinite amount of chances. I don't think God cares how many chances it takes for us to learn a lesson or for us to change or for us to develop a skill. I don't think he cares. That's not what matters to him. I think for him, it matters if we're trying, if we even have the desire to change. It doesn't happen overnight, usually. Sometimes it could, but it's... And that's hard to say, okay, well, I messed up this time, but I'm not going to do it again.
0: Right. And, th- and then you do. And a lot of times, the way that I think that I understood the atonement mm-hmm. growing up was that you do something, you make a mistake. Yeah. And then you repent. And you can't make that mistake ever again. Right. Otherwise, the previous sin
2: comes gets back too. Right.
0: And I, I don't think that's true.
1: I don't think I it is. I should dig
0: into the, the scriptures uh, to see if I can find any evidence mm-hmm. that that's not true. But I don't think it is. Because I've heard, I've talked to um, people that have served in the callings like Bishop, Branch President, things like that. Yeah. Where they've, as they've counseled people that have been on a repentance path, mm-hmm. whether it's pornography or uh, some kind of addiction or whatever it is. I remember talking to one uh, he was branch president and he said, as he was counseling somebody, um, you are going to relapse. You are going to make a mistake. Yeah. I want you to know that doesn't mean it's okay. Right. But it's going to happen. I don't want you to beat yourself up when it happens. Right. So let me know. I'll work with you. We'll work on, on a plan, what's working, what's not working, Etc. cetera. And so I, I think about Adam and Eve in the garden when they're told that uh if, I think the way that it's it's written is if they partake, partake of the fruit, mm-hmm. then there's a Savior. Yeah. And really, I think we could, we could interpret it as when. When you make when. a mistake, when you do something wrong, mm-hmm. there's a Savior. And we're supposed to forgive each other 70 times seven times, which... right. I don't think that's an actual number we're supposed to Oh,
1: dang it. I've been read. counting. I was <laughs> so counting. close. Stop counting.
0: <laughs> um so if we have a perfect father in heaven, mm-hmm. is he going to be counting Oh. This was mistake number 2. He right? repented the first time and so now he's that's not a true repentance or whatever.
1: Right. It's a bigger mistake now or whatever it is.
0: Right. So repentance, this is we may have a another conversation about this, but repentance is not stopping mm-hmm. a, a behavior it's not starting a behavior it's it's right i think repentance is change you yeah. have to change us and change doesn't always happen instantly no and i love this the scripture in the book of mormon where nephi says that he had no more disposition to do evil and i think that's the point we need to get to
1: yeah i i think that's one of the hardest things about realizing that you need to change is you can't always make a lot of big changes at once because you'll just overwhelm yourself and then you'll kind of regress instead of progress and and that's why it's important i think things that i've learned is to just do little things Mm -hmm. they seem so trivial and they seem sometimes or they seem hard to to keep up but if like even if you just have a, a small goal, mm-hmm. if you can do that one small goal, then you can move on to your next goal. And it feels like it'll take forever. But I think even just that small progression, even that small, you're even just that you're showing that you are willing to change uh-huh. those small things, you don't have to become this great, amazing person, perfect person overnight. That's not what's expected. Right. And sometimes I feel like that's hard, it's hard to accept sometimes because you've, you know when you realize, oh, I'm not perfect, I should, mm-hmm. I should start doing all these things better. But I think, yes, that's great to realize and you should do, but you can't do it all at once often. You have to wait. And maybe that's part of what the scripture is that's talking about how you have to wait patiently upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. You have to even wait patiently upon yourself to change, to be more like Him.
0: Right. And we'll have another conversation about this, I think, at some point. But mm-hmm. but doing things
1: mm-hmm.
0: doesn't. I don't think doing things changes you. No. So if you're not a good ministering brother, doing ministering doesn't necessarily make you a better ministering brother. I think there's more to it than that. Yeah. That we'll dig into at some other some other point. Mm-hmm. Um, just to to wrap up, a couple things that I want to just I want to to make sure that I'm uh, on record as being. Clear on. <laughs> Um, I think when it comes to how we think about ourselves, mm-hmm. um, it's, if, if the thought is unkind, mm-hmm. then that's a the thought we need to change. Right. Um, there's a, uh, there's a talk that I listened to when, when I was very young, <laughs> when I was still living at home, mm-hmm. um, by a guy named Hiram Smith. He's the yeah. Franklin part of the Franklin Planner. Franklin uh, Covey um, Planner system yeah and he has this model that where he talked about the process of changing uh, the the thoughts that we have mm-hmm. the th- that process is called repentance yeah and so if we have an unkind thought about ourselves whether it's um, I'm uh, we'll just go with the example that we used earlier i'm I'm a procrastinator mm-hmm. or I'm a I'm just not a very nice person, or whatever it is. Yeah, is that a thought that is? It may feel true, but is it? A, is it a thought that is that represents who you are f- from your divine nature?
2: Right. And
0: if it's not, then that's a thought that probably should change. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can use the atonement to find ways to to um, change your thoughts about yourself. Start to see yourself as your Father in Heaven sees you right and uh i've shared some stories about that in the past and and uh i'm sure i will continue to share some stories (laughs) as it relates to other people as well Mm -hmm. there are uh we are we're divine we're divine children of heavenly parents and if i'm having unkind or undivine thoughts i don't know if that's a a real word but Mm -hmm. if i'm having those kinds of thoughts about one of my father in heaven's precious, precious children. Maybe that's not a right thought. Maybe right. that's something I should change as well.
1: Yeah, one of the senior couples in our mission, he was. Um, he'd like to give us life lessons often, which was it was really great. But one thing that he kind of like a a model or a, a questioning system for ourselves as we were, um, whether it was we needed to correct other missionaries or give guidance or anything like that. Um, was very simple and it was just three questions and he told us to just go through these before we said anything to other people and it was just is it true, is it kind and is it necessary, and if it doesn't pass those three questions it doesn't need to be said.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think there's some some great wisdom in that
1: mm-hmm. and I think that applies to ourselves as well whether mm-hmm. that's a thought about ourselves or th- thoughts about other people or other
0: things and when you're thinking about the the question is it true mm-hmm. when it relates to yourself i think it's important to recognize that just because a thought feels true mm-hmm. that i'm a bad dad or i'm what whatever it is a, an unkind thought that feels true it doesn't mean that it's true right it's just a thought that um if it's unkind <laughs> yeah if it's if it doesn't reflect your divine nature mm-hmm. it's probably not true
1: Yeah, and that thought isn't, it's not a necessary thought, because if it's not, if it's not true, if there's so much more, kind of like what you're saying earlier about there's two different sides, like if you're saying you're procrastinating, there's two different sides to that. There's times where maybe you are procrastinating, times when you aren't, Mm -hmm. you don't have to label yourself as such. Right. And so, I don't necessarily think that we have to create labels to be true.
0: I think you're right. Uh, Wisdom, from a... Recently returned missionary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five star rating to review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider who do you know who needs chocolate cake?